If you're looking for ways to prioritize your health and fitness, run more efficiently, understand food, and somehow fit it all into a fun and family-centered life, you're in the right place. This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. What's up, everybody? We are your hosts, Angie and Kevin Brown, and thanks for joining us on another episode of the Real Life Runners podcast. Kev, what are we talking about today? This one should be an interesting one. It's tips on what you can do today to start improving your running. All right. So today we've got three, we're going to call them easy tips to improve your running today. Now, um, a couple things we wanted to kind of point out before we get into the nitty gritty is... You know, we're, we're going to tell you that they're going to improve your running today, but they're actually going to take a little bit of time to kind of kick in and actually make running feel better. But there are things that you can start focusing on today on your next run um, to make running easier in the long term. Right. Anytime you make small changes to your form or to what you're doing, to things that you think about when you go out to run, it, it immediately... Uh, tends to have a bit of a negative impact on you. Right. But you've got to look at running as a long-term thing. And if you're a long-distance runner, and you know, I'm assuming most of our listeners are long-distance runners, mm-hmm. most of them are able to see the bigger picture. Right. And these are all things that will help you as you get going. Right. That you will start to reap great benefits from these kind of, of uh, tricks along the way. Right. There's, there's some debate whether or not you should even try to change people's running form um, because of the decreased running efficiency that that sometimes leads to. And that's kind of what we mean. You know, sometimes at the beginning, when you try to change some things about your running form, um, it does make you less efficient. It makes the runs feel harder and it makes you maybe even a little bit slower, right? Right. And it's, it honestly, it makes you feel a little bit awkward as you run. Right. And I think that's part of the issue. You know, they've done studies on this where they uh, hook up all sorts of wires and breathing apparatuses to super elite athletes and they have them go run and then they try and change a little tiny thing and run again. And shockingly, the super elite athletes have fine tuned themselves into pretty efficient runners. Mm-hmm. And so anytime they try and, and tweak something, it brings down their efficiency. Mm-hmm. They, I don't know, they work harder, they they use their muscles more, they use more oxygen or whatever the right. tests are showing. But over the long term, these things will improve, and they haven't really done good, like, uh, what's that term? Longitudinal. Longitudinal studies. There you go. <laughs> the studies that, that track over a long time. Right. Or the studies that track your average, you know, heading out the door runner. I mean, there's millions of people that head out in the door and run and, mm-hmm. and aren't going to show up in the Olympics sometime. Okay, cool. So let's just jump right in. Um, So tip number one to help improve your running is to improve your cadence. Now, Kev, tell us what is cadence? So cadence is the fancy term for how often your foot hits the ground as you go running. Right. So it's the number of steps per minute that you take. Right. And, uh, you know, a few years ago, there was a big push to improve cadence and they came up with this, you know, so-called magic number of 180 steps per minute. Right. And then immediately other experts came out and said, that's not a magic number. Look at this guy who set a world record and has faster cadence and look at this guy who has a slower cadence. And it's like, well, yes, everybody has their own exact number, but the answer is 
it's pretty close to 180-ish if you average out over a large group of people. Right. There's always a range. You know, everyone's not, there's not like one ideal cadence. But like you said, it does t- typically end or tend to average out to around 180 steps per minute. That is the most efficient running cadence. And there's a lot of debate on it. And, you know, people have written um, articles that have kind of refuted these claims and said, you know, if you look at these elite marathon runners, if they're out on an easy run, their cadence is more like 160 to 165 or 168. And it's when they're actually racing that their cadence is more in the 175 to 180 range. Right. I found this myself. Like there's a definite difference in my cadence between racing and going off on a, on a very relaxed run. It's about 10 steps per minute that mm-hmm. changes. Mm-hmm. But if you look at uh, most races, your your local 5K all the way to a marathon on television, like if you look at the front of the pack and how often their feet are hitting the ground versus the mid pack, that like swell of runners in the mid pack, you're looking at people that are running 180 steps per minute versus people that are hitting 150 steps per minute. It just happens. It does. And I love, that's one of my favorite things watching the marathon and that lead group is that it all looks like they're in perfect sync, you know, with each other. They're all like running at the exact same like cadence, like their, their feet are all hitting the ground at the same time. It's amazing to watch that. Yeah. I love it. You know, they do it in the Olympics. It's, it happens every year heading into a commercial where they just show the feet of the pack of distance runners in like a 5k. And there's like 20 people all packed up in this tiny little group down the back stretch, and everybody's left foot hits the ground perfectly mm-hmm. together. It's so it's, cool. It's ridiculous. So, um, so you know, in the studies, they say that 180 is around the number you should be shooting for. I know when I've tracked mine before, I'm usually between 176 and 180. Sometimes in my slower runs, I'll be down closer to 170, 172. Um, but I definitely was not like this before. And you helped me to fix this because I was definitely more of like a shuffler and kind of a like plodding along almost, right? Yeah, I had the opposite. This is why I... I say that this is such an important thing because when I first started running, my coach used to always be on me, Brown, what are you doing? It looks like you're just jumping from around the track. And I'm like, what, what do you mean I'm jumping? He goes, every time you take a step, most of your energy seems to be making you go up instead of forward. That's not the point. The point is to run forward. So you've got to make sure that you're actually driving yourself forward with each step. You had no up to it. You were doing the opposite. You were shuffling. And by increasing your turnover, you make sure that not only are you not shuffling, but you're also not bouncing so much. It actually improves both of them. Okay. So if we improve our cadence and try to take closer to 180 steps per minute, we basically um, will help to improve our turnover. It will help to reduce impact on like all of our joints, right? Yes. Because if you're running at 180 steps per minute, you can't land hard. Mm -hmm. It's impossible. Like get your foot onto the ground three times every second and try and do it hard. Like that's just not going to work. Right. That foot has to hit the ground and get back up off the ground. You just don't have enough time to plod and bang down and crush your knees. It's not going to work. So it kind of makes you into like a lighter runner. Like you're... You're lighter when you run, basically, right? I mean, that's one of the feelings that you're going to have. You almost want to feel a little bit like a like a puppet, like you're being lifted the entire time. It helps you get your posture better. It mm-hmm. helps you land light on your feet, and you just cruise along nice and, and fast and smooth. Okay, cool. So basic benefits of cadence are... One, it helps to reduce your, or sorry, increase your turn, turnover, which 
in turn reduces the impact that you're feeling in your joints. It helps to reduce the bouncing and like leaping from foot to foot. And it also helps to reduce shuffling. Right. So that all of your energy is actually directing you to go forward at a good speed. So it's making running easier and more efficient and feel better. Right. Well, I mean, the more you improve your efficiency, the better you're going to feel when you head out and run. Awesome. Okay. So that's kind of what we have to say about cadence um, as far as the benefits go. Now, wh- how exactly do we improve our cadence? Oh, see, What now, do we do? This is, this is the trickier part. All right, when I was back in high school, I improved my cadence because anytime we did a track workout, my coach would be like, Brown, stop doing that. And having that happen every like you know minute and a half is a great way to improve your cadence. <laughs> For a coach to point out every minute and a half that you're doing it wrong, because uh-huh. it really gets you thinking about making sure that your foot hits the ground. Mm-hmm. But if most of your runs are you heading out the door with some headphones in your ears and not seeing a lot of people other than, you know, that guy you pass on your run that you do the head nod to, you need a way to do it on your own. Okay. So what's what are some of the best ways to do that? I fixed it with music. Mm-hmm. I found uh, a playlist. I, I actually constructed a playlist. Didn't you actually use a metronome first, though, before you started running with music? Yes, mm-hmm. but a metronome gets really boring pretty quick. Yeah. Now, I've known people that did it that, you know, just had a metronome playing mm-hmm. in the background the entire time they were running yeah. for like an hour and a half long run. Just that tick, sounds... tick, tick, tick. That sounds. That sounds like torture. Right. Torture uh, with that constant clicking going. That's why I chose music instead. Yeah. And I was not really a big fan of listening to music. Like part of my heading out for run was like my quiet time. Mm -hmm. But music really helps figure this out. This especially was a trick for me because I struggle to find the beat in music. Mm -hmm. So um, I found some songs where the beat was really obvious. And uh, and Google is your friend on this one. Totally. You can literally type in songs 180 beats per minute and get uh, just slew of playlists that people have already created for you. And if people use um, the app Spotify, there's 180 playlists already on Spotify that you can just go in and download in various genres and stuff too. That's because everybody wants you to be a faster runner. Right. (laughs) Even Spotify. Even Spotify. So anyway, um, I mean, I remember when we were both trying to fix this, we both went through like a period of time where we we would look up songs and then we would literally sit. There was, remember there was that um, Beats Per Minute counter website that we used and we would play a song and we would hit the beat to figure out what beat per minute it was that was like back before those 180 playlists yeah occurred. i mean i still have that i still have an app on my phone because every once in a while i'll hear a song on the radio and i'll just break my phone out and be like wait i think i've got this one yes that's right on that's a perfect cadence let's yeah. roll with this yeah so making a 180 playlist is very very helpful and then trying to let your right foot hit the beat um, I, I usually only focus on one foot because I find like sometimes it just gets too much to focus on each foot. You know, you try and trying to just focus on one foot hitting the beat every single time, um, really helped me to improve my cadence and really to reduce the shuffling that I was doing with my running. All right. I got a, I got a warning on that one of focusing on your right foot. Oh gosh. Um, every time the song changes, you should change which foot you're focusing on. Okay. Otherwise you're going to end up hurting your hips. Okay. By always focusing on making sure you hit the beat when your right foot hits the ground, that right foot is going to land with greater impact, and so you're going to be slightly askew through your entire run. Okay, so that that is a great tip. So switch feet that you focus on every song. So first, you know, focus on the right, and then go switch over and focus on your left. 
Yeah, I once I started figuring out and could hear the beaten songs, I tried to focus very little on actually making my feet land and just made sure that I could hear a strong beat out of the song and your feet naturally tend to fall with it. It just sort of works out nicely. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, okay, so music is a great tip. Is is there any other way to help improve cadence? All right, so when I was first going at it, besides my coach pointing this out all the time, um, there was an assistant coach who ran with us. And he was that like super cool kid who was just out of college and back and was assisting at the high school. He was, to me, like the most awesome guy. Thank you, Tyler. Um, and uh, it was part of why I thought that having bleach blonde highlights in my hair at the time would be the coolest thing ever because he did. <laughs> And, uh, I, thank you, I, Tyler. <laughs> he might, he might be a dentist now, which I'm not sure how that's going to work out <laughs> for him. But at the time it was awesome. And he had just amazing form. He had great leg lift up behind him. His cadence was perfect. And so I could go off on runs with him. And as long as my feet matched his feet, I knew that I was going right. So if you have a running partner, a running friend who has good cadence, head out on a run with them and just try and make your footfall match them. Awesome. All right, cool. So those are some great tips to help improve cadence. Okay. So that's kind of what we wanted to say about the cadence part of, of this. Okay. So tip number two to help improve your running, something that you can help or something that you can focus on on your next run is arm carriage, right? So it's the position of your arms while you're running, um, how they move and kind of where they're positioned in, in the, during the run. So, um, Kev, where's kind of the best place for our arms to be during our runs? All right. So there's a lot on this guy and there's like the, the so-called ideal, but you can watch all sorts of people run and it looks efficient. It looks like they're smooth, even though their arms don't match, you know, the so-called ideal. But in a perfect world, your, your forearm and your upper arm, they make up a 90 degree angle. You relax your shoulders and on like a relaxing run, your hands sort of move from uh, your hip to a, a line straight in front of your belly button. That's sort of the motion. Mm -hmm. And it's a pretty small movement. Um, you can imagine, and I actually made when I first started coaching, I fixed a kid's arms by making him hold a piece of, of tape in his left and right hand. And the tape was only like, I don't know, a foot long. And he wasn't allowed to let go of it with his fingers from either hand. He had a tendency to fling both of his arms way out to the side when he was running. And by holding this piece of tape, he just couldn't move his arms very much. Mm -hmm. It looked awkward for a week mm -hmm. because he didn't know what to do. <laughs> right. And he would keep coming back and be like, coach, I broke the tape. I'm like, well, try it again. And eventually his shoulders came down and his arms start swinging all over the place. And as soon as his arms stopped swinging and it stopped looking like he was fighting his body the entire time, suddenly his race times just started plummeting. Mm -hmm. It was crazy to watch. Yeah. So you're saying Phoebe from Friends does not have the ideal arm carriage. Well, you shouldn't look like you're swimming Do you remember that while episode? you're running. Yeah, I know. But she looked like she was having so much fun. Oh, and that was the whole point. Is <laughs> that, that was she her had idea. fun, right? She enjoyed running like that. Um, if you don't know what we're talking about, you need to YouTube it. But anyway, um, so, so yeah, so having that ideal arm carriage just kind of helps to keep you relaxed. I know that I see a lot of times, especially women runners, they run with their shoulders up near their ears and their arms, like their hands are up near their chest area instead of being down by their hips. Um, they kind of run and the elbows are bent, you know, uh, 
much more than 90 degrees so that their fists are kind of up by their chest, even, even near their shoulders. And, um, that really just tightens up and tenses up the shoulders and the neck and the upper back a lot. And then they ended up, you know, fatiguing because their posture during the run is, suffering as a result of where they're holding their arms. Right. Your back is going to get all tense. And then to counteract that, you're going to start hunching. And then once you start hunching, you're not going to be able to take a full breath. And so you're not getting as much oxygen in. And suddenly you're tired because you're not even breathing correctly. Just lower your arms, relax the shoulders, and life is going to feel a whole heck of a lot better on the run. Absolutely. And when I was just watching you now explain um, kind of the ideal arm position, and you were just kind of demonstrating it right now, what I noticed is that it was basically your elbow um, like if, if we're looking at your hip, it basically goes from, from elbow to fist um, to pass by your hip, right? Like you don't want your arm going so far forward that your elbow is out in front of your hip. You want your elbow to kind of stop at the hip. And then when your arm goes backwards, you kind of want to stop your arm swing when your fist uh, reaches your hip. Yeah, no, that sounds about right. I mean, I, I learned Does it from like... Sense? Yeah, I think that makes as much sense as we can explain over uh, over audio. On a podcast instead of a video, yeah. You know, and I, I learned this all from like a pretty decent coach. Uh, you know, it was Coach Dellinger up at Oregon who's coached some impressive runners like Prefontaine over the years. He he stood there and he demonstrated this, you know, and he's standing out there on the track and all of the, the runners are just staring at him of exactly what to do. And he just demonstrated, he goes, it's like there's a coin on a table straight in front of you and you take it off of the table and put it in your pocket and take it off the table and put it in your pocket and do it over and over. The other issue people take, they take their arms and they swing them way across their chest. Like your right hand should never cross this line straight out from like your nose and belly button. Okay. That's, that's what you're going for is you want as though there was a line shooting straight out from your belly button. That's what you're hitting with your hands each time. Hit it from the left, hit it from the right and just keep on going. Awesome. Love it. Okay, cool. Anything else about arm carriage? Mm, I, I don't think so. I don't have great tricks on how to fix this guy well, other than you've got to focus on it. Yeah, well, the tape trick is a really good trick. Um, or like a hand towel you can use too. You know, and just hold something Ooh. that doesn't have any stretch to it in your hands so that your hands don't, like they literally cannot go further than that small range of motion that you've, you know, restricted them to. Yeah, I mean, I've I've used other things uh, over the past few years for people that just had like ridiculous arm carriage, but uh, they they're a bit of torturous devices that I I kind of unleashed on high school what students. What are you talking about? Well, if you put a bar behind someone's back, their elbows cannot fly forward. Okay. I had someone who every time they reached, their arms were coming so far forward that their arms were almost getting like straight out in front of them. I'm like, why are you doing that? Your arms should, st your elbows should stay back behind you the entire time. So I put a bar like between their elbows and across their back so they couldn't make their arms go forward. Mm -hmm. It's not good form, but it's so exaggerated to making sure your arms stay back. They're like, I won't be able to run if I can't get my arms forward. I'm like, oh, you can run. Let's see what this looks like. And Again, it looked like they were fighting at first, but then when you took the bar out, their arms swung so much less, and they're like, oh, 
my arms don't get as tired when I do it that way. I'm like, thank you. I'm just trying to make your shoulders not be exhausted after only five minutes. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're trying to go out for a 45, 60 minute run and you feel like you can't even keep your arms up after five, you're probably carrying your arms in a bad place. If you can fix them again, running gets easier. You're, you're able to just go out and run without your shoulders hurting. That's kind of a nice a nice benefit. Absolutely. I just wanted you to further explain that because when you said <laughs> I use torture devices for high school kids, like I wanted to just kind of make sure that we clarified <laughs> what slide, we were talking about here. Slide a broomstick across their back and make them run around the track. That's funny. Right. Well, <laughs> it was meant for good, you know, there was a good purpose, right? There we go. All right. Anyway, enough about arm carriage. Let's go into tip number three. So tip number three, which is, you know, another good tip that, you know, relates to our everyday life um, outside of running as well is smile when you run, like just smile more. And why is smiling important when you're running, Kevin? Um, I don't know. You're going to have to verify on this one, but smiling helps your whole body relax. Okay. It's hard to feel super, super tense and like you're just pushing yourself through through torturous step after step if you smile. Mm-hmm. You know, hopefully you're in this because you find some enjoyment in running. Right. Make sure that, you know, in the middle of a, you know, whatever your long run is, if you're heading off on a 10 miler, sometimes six miles in, it's not the most fun. Smile because Mm -hmm. you are in fact enjoying this thing. Remember that you're heading out because you like running. Put a smile on your face and relax. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely true. Smiling can definitely just help to lift your mood. Um, They've done lots of research about this just in general, not really related to running as far as I am aware. But just the the simple act of smiling can make you feel better about life, you know? And even if you have to force it, just that act of smiling, like it sends signals to your brain to help release some of the happiness hormones that your brain normally releases. And when you do that, like even if, like I said, even if you have to force it sometimes, it helps you. And you'll find that, you know, just that simple act of smiling helps relax you. It helps you just to feel better. It kind of can change your outlook on whatever situation it might be. Um, and related to running, like Kevin said, it'll help just kind of relax your face. It'll relax your shoulders. Um, and it'll remind you that you're doing something good for yourself and you should be enjoying it. Um, you should, it also might help to slow you down a little bit if you're like out on a long run that maybe you're pushing a little too hard, um, and it's not feeling good and you're in pain. Um, if you smile, maybe that'll help you just to realize, you know, okay, I need to make this just a little easier. Um, or maybe it has the opposite effect, like in a race, you know, I know that I was smiling in my last 5k, um, a lot because I was very excited that I was like hitting my mile splits like you told me to. I know you got me so nervous because I saw you around the two mile and you had this big grin on your face. And I'm like, I don't know if she's pushing fast enough with a smile that big on her face, but Mm -hmm. you were. That's why you had the smile on your face. Yeah. Well, I was trying to focus on the positive. I was trying to focus on, you know, the fact that my body was allowing me to do that and trying to, you know, be grateful for that and try to just keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. Um, And it, I don't know. I think it did help me a lot. You know, just, just that simple act of smiling helped me to feel better during that run. Like I have very positive memories of that run. I know we were just talking about it the other day. I said, what, what were like the weak points during your race? And you're like, I don't remember. It just seemed so good overall. Mm -hmm. Like, well, that's, that's tough to coach and improve. (laughs) (laughs) 
No, that's a good thing, right? It's a very good thing, but it, it's, it's helpful sometimes to, to see the opposite to make sure you've got the improvement. But, you know, this smiling thing, it comes from, from years of coaching and, and watching these kids head out on runs. Sometimes they're all chatting with the people around them and, and they look like they're enjoying themselves. And every once in a while you pass the kid out there and they just look miserable. And the same thing happens in races. Same thing happens in hard workouts. The kids who are able to like talk and laugh between sets or even during a race, they're going to do better and they're going to be happy afterwards. And the ones who look like they're torturing themselves, it's not going to go that well. Yeah. And I mean, I think also that it helps to distract you when you're smiling or, you know, especially if you're with a group and you're talking and stuff, it'll help. And a lot of times you'll run faster and it'll feel easier. I, I try and get my kids during the race. If it's the right kid, every once in a while you get a kid and you're like, ah, eh, this is not going to work for them. But every once in a while I try and just throw a joke out at them so that as they run by you, as they run by so that they can smile. You know, I, I told a kid a couple weeks ago, they were, I mean, they were nailing their pace. It was perfect. And I'm like, if it wouldn't slow you down, I would give you a hug because you were on perfect pace. And they just looked over at first confused. And then this like big smile broke out across their face. And they're just like, yeah, I got this thing. Yeah. And it was a good race for them. They finished and they kind of, they walked over to me after the race. They're like, really big hug. I'm like, were you smiling? Did you enjoy yourself out there? And they're like, Actually, yes, I was. I'm yeah. like, yeah, a lot more than the three people that were around you that looked like they were miserable. And you made a move right there and left those guys behind. Let them go wallow in their misery. Put a big smile on your face and off you go. I love it. I love it. Um, so, yeah, and just smile more, hold your arms right, and take more steps per minute and you'll be good to go. So those are kind of our three tips that we have for you guys today um, of a couple things that you can work on during your next run to make everything just feel a little better. I think only one of them works nicely towards life. I don't know if more steps per minute has a big broad life thing, but <laughs> smiling, I think, is certainly going to help. What you. about arm carriage? <laughs> <laughs> Always have perfect arm carriage at all two. times. <laughs> Ten and two while you're driving, right? There, there you, you go. go. That's a relation to real life. Um, okay. So that's what we have for you guys today. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Head over to iTunes and leave us a review. And please share with your friends. If you have friends that you think would like this show, um, you can share it with them pretty easily if you are listening to this from your iPhone. There's the little share button. You know, it looks like a box with an arrow on it. If you hit that, um, you can it'll say share episode and you can copy the link or you can text it to people. So text it, email it, whoever you think might benefit from this show or who might just be entertained by the two of us goofballs. Everything can, every runner out there can benefit from a couple of tips to make running feel easier and happier. Yeah, for sure. So guys, have a great week. Thank you so much for spending this time with us today and listening, and we will catch you next week.